Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Thanks again for joining me. I, if you're listening to this program, I'm terrible with names. I asked our guest uh, that has been training me for about a year. What's your last name again? Uh, so I am actually in his gym at his house in the basement. He's a professional trainer, Sean Murphy. He, uh, I met him through the Y. We've become good friends over the last year. He's been training me. Uh, believe me, this physique is not his fault. It is uh, steak and lemonade and <laughs> uh, chick. But what I want to do, I mentioned a few months ago that we're, we're going to be a little more personal. And be, me being more personal means I still want there to be a goal for you when you're listening. And as I hit 40 and I have a four-month-old, five-month-old actually, he's five months now, obviously that adds new pressure to getting my fitness routine and my physical life more in shape. And I've worked on it the entire 10 years I've been doing this podcast. You've heard a little bit about that. I've been stuck in the 260s for, I lost 10 pounds, Sean. I was 330. And then in 2012, I saw a photo of myself at Rupert's election night party. And I went, I need to do something. And then shortly after that, after not doing much, I was getting divorced and I was like moving all the food from my apartment with her into my own apartment. Mm. And I was like, microwavable cheeseburgers, microwavable burritos, microwavable this. I was like, I need to start doing something, especially since I'm going to eventually want to date. I think I was probably two, three, ten at that point and started doing my fitness pal and tracking. Mm-hmm. And I was five eating 5,000 calories a day. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It's easy to do. I know. If you've never tracked before and you track like just one day and you're like, I'm eating 2,500 calories more than I need to. Yeah. And so I have stalled a little bit and I need some motivation. And that is public humiliation if I don't do it, which is part of the reason I want to do this. Part of the reason is also to promote Sean and his online training and to give you, the listeners, some benefit so you can work along too. I know most of you are in the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You're probably dads. You're probably not finding time to work out. You need know you need to make it a priority. So I want to have those conversations with somebody so you can listen in and then work on it yourself too. We're going to put together in the show notes, I need to talk to you, but maybe it's a Facebook group or maybe it's some mm-hmm. other software or something so you can work alongside of us so you can be held accountable too. Look for that in the description of the podcast, the link to something. I know we have one Facebook group set up, but there'll be something specific for that. So that's the reason. I know this is mostly usually a political podcast where we talk about stuff, but politics, it's like we're talking current events and culture and all that. And I think it is incredibly important to have a strong physical health. And I've noticed as I've hit 40, that seriously start to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. I know you train a lot of older clients. You're how old are you? 25. All right. So you have no problems. <laughs> You're physically perfect and it's great. Yeah. But yeah, it starts to, it just gets harder the older you get. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know, especially in some of these, we'll talk about all the benefits of weight training, but some of them you don't really think about, you don't see. I was talking with a client who's, he's 63. Um, one of the benefits is like increased bone density. So yeah. for older people, falls, you risk breaking bones pretty easily. That's not something that gets you out of bed. Why you want to go to the gym to make my bones dense? Right, just one of the added benefits. So there's a lot of stuff like that as you age that decline. Um, a good way to like combat that those through weight training. Yep. Yeah. So I was never really into the gym at all. Uh, I was losing weight because I was changing my diet, cutting out soda, eating less sugar, eating out less. And then I saw Mark Sisson on Rogan talk about this, and he talks a little bit about how why people die early Mm -hmm. and it's basically they don't have the cardio and the bone density and i'll actually splice that clip in now so you can check that out here in the audio and video that's the again the nature of the human body is to preserve itself to pass Mm -hmm. the genetic material along to the next generation part of that preservation is i don't want to waste precious resources building something that i won't need right so um in in a lot of people how that manifests itself is if you don't lift weights you don't have any muscle so you you have this lack of muscle this lack of 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 um uh of muscle mass and you know you say well what what's wrong with that i'm skinny well you know you could be skinny but you could be what we call skinny fat no muscle you got a little bit of excess fat you're maybe more prone to getting type 2 diabetes but almost more importantly if you don't 
train. And as you get older, it becomes more and more important to maintain muscle mass. Um, people don't die of old age. They die of organ failure because they just, you know, something wasn't keeping up with the body. But the concept of dying of, quote, old age is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. So the typical old age scenario is you got a 75, 85-year-old man or woman, hasn't done anything active for years, so there's no muscle mass. Um, and because there's no muscle mass and they haven't done anything active, the bones, the, there's no bone density. So the bones go, hey, I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't need to build a structure because this clown isn't going to the gym and doing anything to require it. So I'm going to um, save resources, not build bone density. The muscles are not building bone mass. Now the heart's going, hey, this is easy. I can pump blood all day at, at 5% of my volume or maybe 15% of my volume. The lungs go, hey, I, you know, there's no, no requirement for excess oxygen. This, this clown's just sitting around uh, in a chair all day or you know, watching TV or doing minimal activity. So the lungs, they, they sort of cease to function at full capacity. Same with the liver, same with the kidneys. And as, as you uh, go down this path, then one night you get up to take a leak and you trip over the cat and you fall and you break your hip because the bone density sucks, and now you wind up in the hospital, and you get pneumonia, and you die because the lungs can't expel the sputum for the pneumonia, and and the heart can't keep up, so you, maybe you die of congestive heart failure. I mean, this is a very typical scenario for a lot of people, and it all goes back to creating a need for the body to want to change. So I know you didn't hear it, but it obviously speaks to your point. The goal here for this episode and in general is I don't obviously don't know much because I'm overweight and it's mostly just in my belly, right? And I want someone, the audience and Sean to keep me accountable. So we're going to basically have conversations about diet, about exercise routines, about benefits, about trade-offs, how to navigate this. Every month, we're going to have a conversation with Sean, and today's goal basically is just for you to get to know Sean, and then at the end, we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to work on next, but tell us your story. So, you're 25, you're a personal trainer, like, where'd you grow up? How'd you get into fitness? Yeah, so 25, I've been a certified personal trainer now for three years. I've been working out eight, nine years, somewhere in there. So I grew up right here in Indy, on the east side of Indianapolis, where we are now. And yeah, I was an overweight kid, struggling with like body image and confidence, all that you're going through when you're 15, 16 years old. So I weighed like 220 pounds, never worked out or anything. And you were like, what, 5'10"? No, like 5'6", maybe. All right, that's pretty, yeah. Like, (laughs) what age were you when you were chubby <laughs> fifth yeah my whole childhood growing up really yeah i was a chubbier kid when you get into high school like you talked about like getting back into to dating when you get into high school the girls yeah. come into play so i was like i need to get in shape so i started I think that's why so many guys like just let themselves go when they get married because it's like women <laughs> dating is a main motivator for most people to get in shape i think yeah you're set now once yeah. you're married so women is a good motivator so yeah i lost 60 pounds when i was like wow 16 years old you did four push-ups <laughs> that's, that's what it takes when you're 16 uh-huh it's pretty easy <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, I didn't know what I was doing back then either. So unhealthy like way of losing 60 pounds, but I did it and then started educating myself through like YouTube, working out, talking to people on the right way to build muscle, lose fat, all that kind of stuff. So that's how I initially got into fitness and working out. Did you play any sports or anything? I was an athlete growing up. So I played really everything. Baseball was my big one. And that's something I played through high school. Nothing in college, but was an athlete growing up i wish there was like adult gym class because i think back now and i'm like man those two days for football or if it weren't creepy i would call a local high school football coach and be like can i just train with the guys because like this is weird the smell of the grass the hitting each other like at 40 you wish you could go back in time and have that kind of like workout where they're forcing you to run they're forcing you to do this and that but yeah no not calling any high schools asking if i can (laughs) exercise with the teenagers but yeah like that discipline i think is great yeah for sure. And I think that's why the, the freshman 15, once you move to college, like, yeah. your activity level just drops a ton. Yeah. yeah. You're drinking, you're eating whatever you want. Nobody's telling you you can't go to Walmart at yeah. midnight to get fruit <laughs> roll-ups. Yeah. Yeah. 
once I got into that, I went to college at IUPUI and I actually studied business. So nothing to do. People are always like, you study or exercise science or something like that, but studied accounting and finance. I got to my junior year and I was like, I don't want to sit in a cubicle the rest of my life. The one thing I've really loved and been passionate about was fitness. Went on, I worked for the Y and I still work for the Y part-time as a personal trainer. And then I started I was actually full-time with the Y running their wellness department for a little bit. I really enjoyed it, got good experience, but wanted to do my own things. About a year ago, stepped back from that and started my own online coaching and personal training business. Very cool. We met through the Y that you've been training. I want you to give a, a brutal, honest assessment of what I'm like as a client. I will say... The one thing, and there's two things that are really key. If I had to say the two, I'd say most important things in terms of fitness, consistency is one, and then intensity is two. I'd say they're 1A and 1B. Mm-hmm. Chris trains very hard, which not all my clients do. Right. So I would get, he does that, like right. for sure. And then the cons- consistency side is the part that's we're yeah. working on yeah so he see this is why he's so nice <laughs> he's not like most personal trainers. i literally had a conversation with a friend where i was like if you don't go in there and sign up for this gym you're gonna die i don't have your bedside manner no uh-huh. it's definitely consistency for me i mean i like working out when i work out it's a time management thing as mm-hmm. much as it is a will thing mm-hmm. i think i don't know you deal with people's psychology probably as much as anything else right yeah for sure and i always tell people like i don't think i realize it but i think I go to the gym as much for the mental side of it than the Mm. physical. It's just a place to get away. Whatever you're dealing with, you don't have to think about for whatever, 45 minutes or so. And then you feel good the rest of your day too. I think there's definitely something to that. And I just had a client text me too, like last week. They said something about thanking me for being their therapist. So I get (laughs) a lot of that. You get to know someone, like you said, we've known each other just a year, but we really got to know each other over How many people year. do, like, I just don't know how many people, like, listener, do you go out and see a person once a week? Like, I just, I don't know that people even see their friends that, that much. Yeah. I think after you get out of college, like, you're in the age bracket of, I think, the loneliest period of anybody's life. Like, you've had this fun college experience. You went to IEPY like I did, so you didn't have a fun college experience. You were a grown-up. <laughs> True. Not like these kids that went to IU or Purdue, and they just get to screw around for four years. But you, you have all these friends, and then you go and get a job, and you see those people every day, but then it gets harder increasingly to see your friends or your family you're not seeing them every week yeah so if you're not going to church you're not really seeing anybody on a weekly basis so i would imagine yeah personal trainer like you end up having deeper conversations than most people yeah and we did once a week for 30 minutes when we would train i have a client he does three times a week for an hour so you Mm -hmm. think about yeah six times what the time we were spending together i've never really thought about it like that in terms of like how but you're right i i spend more time with people than probably in their top five in terms of the Easily. people they spend the most time with throughout the week. So yeah, it's a cool way to develop relationships. Um, and that's why I use the, I'm not the one more rep, like yelling at my clients. Like <laughs> a lot of it is self-motivation. Like they're motivated. I'm there for the accountability, but to sign up and to pay for a personal trainer, first of all, is not cheap. And it takes effort to do that. So in my head, they, they're motivated on their own. I'm there for the accountability purpose and then to be there just to go through the whole journey with them. Yeah. So I had a personal trainer once I realized 2017, 2018, I had a little bit of extra money. I was going to LA Fitness sporadically. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I hired a personal trainer, Alex Baird, who was a great personal trainer who like over a year taught me form and taught me how to do things. And then I was able to carry that on uh, after he left. And I remember what it felt like. Mm-hmm. I remember what good form, muscle burn, like having a personal trainer makes you go, oh, okay, this like 12 minutes that I just lifted weights, I don't really feel sore the next day. Yeah, There it's, I can't get off the toilet yeah. sore, right? <laughs> So I knew what it was like having a personal trainer, and I knew that I was going to Orange Theory sporadically, which I still do, which is like an hour-long cardio weightlifting thing. If you're not, if you're like me, where you just, I just want to take the thought work out of it. I want to walk into a place, have them tell me what to do, and then walk out. That's the benefit of an Orange Theory, an F45, 
a CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. a personal trainer, right? But I got to a point where I knew I needed to get back into the gym in addition, and I needed somebody to ref- restart that mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you were able to help me do is get comfortable in the new gym that I'm in because I moved. Yeah. And so you go to the LA Fitness, you're comfortable with it, and then you come to the Y downtown, and you're like... This doesn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think having a personal trainer for a period of time helped me get comfortable. So there's all these different psychological reasons. What are some other reasons that people hire a personal trainer? I think the we've hit on a few of the big ones. I think that thing about not having to think is huge. I think, like you said, people like just coming into the gym and knowing exactly like what they're going to do um the taking the thought out of it from a personal trainer um that's a huge part of it i think being lost in the gym like you said but more so lost in terms of not having a purpose or a goal not even knowing what that goal is i have some clients who even like they you know it's good and healthy to go to the gym so you go and then you get there and you, you don't know what to do. They do what I do when, I wasn't, when I'm not with you, which is I walk in, I do 10 minutes on the treadmill, I get bored, Yeah. and then I go lift weights now, and then I'm like, ah, it was a good workout, and I look down, it was 13 minutes since I've been there 23 minutes. Exactly. Because there's no plan to it. Yeah, and I think another one that I deal less of with is rehabilitation or specific injuries. Like, that happens quite a bit. It's not the most, like, fun and glamorous, but... And then you touched on it, the form. So... It's really fun to have, like with you, you had a trainer before me who really laid the foundation and you, then I was able to just really focus on like pushing you. Yeah. That's really fun. It's fun to teach form like from the ground up as well. So a lot of people will get trainers because they don't know what good form looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So you also do online training. And so if you're not here in Indianapolis, you can still hire Sean to do training for you. Online training came along over the last, uh, really like the pandemic, it feels like it yeah. like ratcheted up, but what uh, personal training is self-explanatory. You go in for 30 or 60 minutes, somebody mm-hmm. pushes you to do something. Mm-hmm. Group classes, you're inspired by the people around you. But online training, what is that? How yeah. does that work? Yeah, like you said, I think it blew up during the pandemic more than anything, and now it's a, a huge market. Um Online training, it's a little less expensive probably than than personal training. You obviously don't get the in-person accountability, the in-person form coaching, in-person like adjustments on the fly. So you miss out on some of that. But what it does give you is a very structured plan. So say you came to me and you say, I want to work out three days a week. My goal is to build muscle and I have 45 minutes for those three workouts and say your knee is messed up or something. That's a pretty generic. I I have rough knees just because of my weight. So I don't like to put a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. So say someone gives that to me, what I will do is I'll formulate. And for me, I do four week programs. So you have a four week program. Say you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, your Monday workout for four weeks will stay the same. Your Wednesday workout for four weeks, you'll run through those four weeks. So you have, like we talked about, people really like, knowing what they're doing in the gym, not having to think about it. Yeah. So that's what the online coaching gives you. I administer all my workouts like through an app, which has videos to show like the form. Um, So it also has that. And then I'll do weekly check-ins. So every Sunday I text my online clients just checking in like, how's this week of workouts going? What went well? What didn't? What do we need to tweak? Which that can be huge just because I know I got Sunday coming. I need to have some answer to this dude. Exactly. (laughs) Or you have to face like if say it's Wednesday night, you really don't want to go Sunday. You're going to have to face your trainer texting you. And I can see too. So if you just don't do it, it's not like I'm taking your word for it. I can see when people do their workouts and when they don't. And what? how? Through the app. And it's a pretty aggressive way of telling me if you don't do it, it just has a big x through it when people <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nice. like this is what i'm seeing when you don't do your workout so okay. i will see and if someone's because i've had this like all, on sunday i see someone say they didn't do all any of the three workouts like we they have to you know be honest and be like yeah whether it's excuses or, or whatever it is and then it's just really something you're able to commit to right now do, um, do people own up to it by and large or do they make excuses or what's the percentage of the honest people versus 
the making crap up? I'd say it's like probably 75% excuses, <laughs> yeah. 25% owning up to it. See, I would think it would be the other way because I'm just the, like the person like, yeah, you know what? I was feeling lazy today. You're but, brutally honest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> most people are not, but that's rare. I'd say most people are pretty good, at least my clients, with doing it. Again, yeah. it's something you're paying for. Yeah. It's a little less expensive, but you are paying for it. So there's it's a huge piece of it. It is. If you're paying for something, you're going to use it. Yeah. And you may, like after nine months, two years, three years, you may go, look, I want to change it up and do something different. But I think initially or for a period of months or years at least for me this is how it works for me i get to i just get i'm so add i get bored easy. yeah so i'm like i want to switch it up yeah but that constant switching it up and lack of consistency i think is what screws me over where i'll get to a period and i'm like look i need to uh i need to have that consistency yeah i think for me it's time management and i wonder how many of the excuses are time-based is that the biggest time issue or is it just a lack of will and general laziness that people that are not following through on stuff that's a good question because again people aren't always honest Mm -hmm. but i would say time management people being busy is probably the number one reason people tell me they weren't able to to work out this week what's your objection to that like how do you reply back as a coach that I, I'm a coach who really doesn't believe in super long workouts. Like I said, you would do 30 minute workouts. I think if you train hard 30 minutes, you can get as much 30 minutes, say two to three times a week, three would be ideal better, but that would be my objection. And if they're saying it's like the workouts, then we need to look at the workouts and how long they're taking. But if you, I think committing 90 minutes out of your week, like if you break it down to that and face that's, a lot sounds a lot better and but that's the reality of it 90 minutes a week three 30 minute workouts yeah you'll make a big amount of progress that would be my comeback is are if and if you're not able to commit 90 minutes a week to it then maybe i need to see your schedule because <laughs> right what are you doing all the time because <laughs> i know people are busy and i get lucky because I'm a personal trainer, my life kind of revolves around fitness. I really have no excuse. Other people with nine to fives and kids, I understand that definitely can be That's the biggest complication now is finding the holes in our schedule so I can leave. Yeah. And that's the biggest hang up with Orange Theory is my schedule has to match Reagan's schedule, has to match Orange Theory's Mm. schedule. And so I'm on the one one a week plan Mm. because once a week is enough to keep my energy. I went Monday, like I'm still feeling good. Like that that aggressive hard hit cardio Mm. where your heart rate is elevated for a long period of time, like that gets me by for three or four days before I'm like, I need that again. Yeah. And when I go and work out and lift weights in between, it's fine. But so it's hard to do like group classes just because of the time factor. Yeah. So that's really why I've looked at personal training with you and then now this Mm -hmm. because i i have 30 minutes yeah three times a week yeah i can get up earlier and go like exactly i have literally three full-time jobs i think if you're listening and you (laughs) and a newborn like i have the time and so if i have the time i know you have the time so for you how many times a week do you work out mine is probably i'd say five for sure probably i'll say five is a pretty pretty average and that's i would say someone coming though from i saw a clip and i'm not going to be able to remember all of it but someone who goes from zero workouts a week to three like 30 minute workouts a week will change their physique their muscle and their cardio like 10 times more than someone who does like going from say three to six workouts Mm. so just that little like getting started doing anything is going to give you so much like benefit so yeah i do five times a week i have a few clients who do that but i would say that's on the upper echelon like of what you need yeah for me my goal we can talk about the goals from here because i'm generally clueless I want to live, I just, this is like totally arbitrary and silly. I just thought something, I was like, all right, what would be cool? And I think seeing the 300th anniversary of the country in 2076 would be cool. I think I'll be 93. Okay. Like, all right, so what do I need to do mm-hmm. to live to be 93? Yeah. I think that to me is like the main goal because if I'm 93, then I'll get to see grandkids. I'll yeah. get to see my kids grow up. You don't know what factors, so you could have some 
hemorrhage or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Like it's like my doctor said, it's all a, a crap risk. But I've got my blood sugar and my. Let me just say this, okay? High blood pressure, pre-diabetic. I resisted going to the doctor for years. I knew I had issues going on. I knew I felt terrible all the time. I knew it would be, I was just angry flying off the handle. And I'm talking like 2020, 2019. I knew during the pandemic, especially, things just weren't right. Mm -hmm. And so when the pandemic came about and I had all those health issues, it forced me to go to the doctor. And then I had, some of you listeners may remember, I had an infection in the back of my head. And uh, I ended up going to the ER. Wow. And my blood pressure was like 210 over... 160 or some crazy stroke like, yeah like, but i was having all these headaches during that kind of time period and i just thought it was these new glasses and reagan's like have you actually checked your blood pressure i'm like no because i was scared of it because if i actually go and get these things mm-hmm. tested then i'm going to have all these different problems that i know exist and i'm gonna have to go on medicine and that'll be weakness and mm-hmm. blah 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 and let me tell you guys going to the doctor at 39, getting all these different tests run, mainly because of fertility issues, mm. because Reagan had five miscarriages before Matthew. And so they were looking at everything. So they were looking at me, they were testing all my different blood levels and all these different things. And going on medicine for blood sugar, for blood pressure, the blood pressure medicine especially changed my life. I'm a different person. Mm. Having that stuff under control, plus they found a pituitary tumor. Wow. So I have a tumor on my pituitary that's small, but it affects prolactin. So if it, I had let it go long enough, I would start lactating. Wow. But it also lowers testosterone. Mm. So all those jokes about me having low T were actually true. <laughs> and so going on medicine for that once a week, I'm. you saw the increases in the weights oh, that I yeah. was able to lift after I went on that. I didn't tell you, but that's like... Why I went from wow. 110 on the bench to let's put 245s on there. Yeah, yeah. So it wow. made a huge difference. So I'm just saying, if you're afraid of it, if you're where I was, where it's, I don't want to go, I don't want to do this, I feel like so much better all the time. I'm actually able to relax. I don't have that drum beat in my head most mm. of the time. It's made me a better husband, father, employee, just Go to the doctor, get your blood work done, get checked up. I'm going to have blood work done fairly soon just so we have some baselines mm-hmm. to work off of. That's awesome. I've been fairly out of control for the last three months. So I know that I've gained weight. I know my levels are probably not good. Yeah. So it's a good place to start because I'll just lose more once we actually get this going. Right? Exactly. That's the messed up psychology. But that that's the PSA is like, go have a good doctor, have a family GP, especially if you've got a family and kids like you should be taking care of yourself the other factors are i need to i want to go off medicine Mm. i don't want to be taking the blood pressure medicine my doctor says i'll be on it the rest of my life i think if i lose 50 pounds 70 pounds i don't know that i'll need to be on it if i have a regular exercise routine and a good diet yeah that's a huge factor okay and just longevity and just better general health and more. My energy levels are pretty good. I'm able to do all the things that I do, but those are my starting points. Those mm-hmm. are my long-term goals, but I don't have a goal of here's what I should weigh. Yeah. I never have. I always just lost a little bit of weight until I hit 39 and mm-hmm. then it was like not losing 10 pounds a year every <laughs> from those dietary changes. Obviously, my diet has to be messed up. My consistency is off. Mm-hmm. Where do I start? Diet, exercise, I don't know where to, which way you want to dive into it, but if we were sitting down and I was telling you these goals, yeah, where do we go from here? I think the first thing for anyone, and you do a good job of this, is being like brutally honest with yourself and accepting yeah. that. And yeah. what you just did, no, a lot of people can't do that or don't want to. Mm. Um, so just, really? Yeah. It's like, say people with credit card debt or whatever, like right. it's way easier to not think about it right. and just keep living how you live. Um when you look at it, it is scary. Like you talked about the first time you ever tracked food, it was 5,000 calories. Like yeah. that's scary to think about. So I would start honestly, and you look at like people who live the longest in the world, I think diet would probably be the most, I think they go hand in hand, diet and exercise. Okay. And I'm a personal trainer saying, I think diet would probably be number one, okay. barely edging out, like working out. What I would say to most people 
And this is something too. We have, say, a month till we see each other. Starting small your first month, I think, is is huge or just wherever you're starting. There's like very few people, say you want to get into this, you want to live healthier. If you tell yourself, I'm going to work out five days a week, I'm going to meal prep all my meals, you might do that for a week, but that's so hard to sustain. That's how it always works for me. Yeah. yeah. I get, I'm like... I'm going to cut out all sugar. Yeah. And I went hardcore on sugar. Yeah. And I got my A1C down a lot. Yeah. And then it just creeps back and you almost become more out of control. I know. Because you're just like your body's craving that. So, yeah, I don't know. And so I don't have that like balance. Yeah. I think what I would recommend to most people and with my online clients, like if they're looking for nutrition advice, is just starting with, if you've never tracked before, track your food like you did for a week, even three days. And I get the biggest pushback I get on that one because I ask people if they've ever tracked. Usually they say they don't like it. It's because it is a little bit like, I don't know if annoying is the right word, but tracking everything you eat. I don't know. So fat people don't like to be mindful of keeping track of the fat things they put in their mouth? Chris is way more honest with it. <laughs> That's the truth is you don't want to track it because you don't want to see what you're actually doing. You don't want the self-accountability. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I tracked for two or three years. I was really religious about it. Yeah. It went in my mouth. I tracked it. That's awesome. Like It was just... And then eventually you just go, okay, I know this is this many calories. And you, you literally... it you're so mindful about what you're eating mm. and so mindful about the calories mm -hmm. yeah. that you become super in tune with what you're eating. Yeah. I definitely need, I definitely will start tracking so we can okay. review it the next month. Cool. Next month. Because I just find that is incredibly important and it is time consuming. Yeah. Because now all of a sudden when you're cooking, think about portions Yeah. and you're making spaghetti when you're not tracking, you just grab the handful and put it in. Yeah. And then you scoop it out and you put it on your plate. When you're tracking, you actually start having to measure things. Yeah. And I think that has, I think that's the annoying part. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like you said, it helps you really understand what a portion looks like, what you're mm -hmm. putting into your body. I think, like you said, like we've talked about, it makes you be very honest with yourself, which is not always easy to do. I think though, in terms of like balance, because you see people do these, we'll call them fad diets, whether it's like keto, carnivore, vegan, whatever. I think balance, like you talked about, is key. I think if you're on a diet that makes you stress out about what you're eating to the point where it's it can get unhealthy. And the whole point of this is to be healthier. So having a balance, and I think tracking your food helps you do that, as opposed to looking at like foods being maybe good or bad for you. It's This has 250 calories. This has 20 grams of protein and five fat. So you look at it a little differently than like good, like unhealthy versus healthy. You're investigating which is the better option. The other thing that I learned, like I never said this is off limits. Yeah. I think it's it made it tolerable for me all those years of like strict dieting where if I want to have a Coca-Cola, I can. Mm -hmm. It's just a trade-off. You're just going to have to trade off somewhere else during the day. Exactly. You know, you can never, it's like, I'm never going to eat Coke again, drink Coke again, or I'm it's never going happen. to have pizza again. It's not going to happen. But so it like trains you to be more responsible because you are going to have pizza. You are going to drink a Coke. You are going to have candy around the holidays. You are going yeah. to do these things. Yeah. And one thing I learned, I think it was maybe Michael Matthews, I think is his name, the uh, really, he runs Legion Athletics. Great. Legion, Legion Athletics. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think his name's Michael Matthews. He's a libertarian too, by the way. He wrote a book under the name Sean Patrick about the Bill of Rights, but it was Muscle for Life is the book. Just eighty percent of the time, be be perfect, right? But mm -hmm. forgive yourself on that twenty percent that you're not going to be. Yeah. Whereas right now, I'm doing the right thing 10% of the time and 80, 90% out of control, mm -hmm. flip that. And I just, I, I need to get back to a place where I'm, I'm doing the right thing 80% of the time and 20% I messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying life a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's where I would start with most people. And I would, my guess is like most people would probably lose weight in a week if they simply just tracked their food, just because like we talked about, if you know you have to track like 
you say you want a Reese's, but I got to face myself and put that into <laughs> my fitness pal. Sometimes it makes you think twice about what you're eating. Yeah. So even not trying to change much, I bet you'll lose weight just because now you're conscious of what your body's taking in. You're mm. conscious if you're eating like 3,000 calories more than your body needs. So that's where I would start with most people. Don't even try to really go crazy dieting. Just start okay. tracking your food. That would be my first step for a month of tracking and not changing anything too crazy with your food choices yet, but just consistently tracking. Yeah, I know the food choices have to change. Like to me, health food is the wheat bread with nuts in it that has some protein and some processed turkey. Yeah. Like I want a quick breakfast. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, I'm like, I've got a few minutes. I'll just do this. That's so all eat that, but that's all processed. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know there's a problem there. I don't I just don't know what to switch it to or where to go with that. kind of Yeah. Stuff. That's where, and this all depends too, because food nowadays is pretty expensive. So like mm-hmm. I was talking to someone today, they have, if you're, if you really have money, which a bunch of people don't, what I would do is do one of these meal prep companies who make it really easy for you. Herculean, by the way, is amazing. Do you it, eat I've Hercule- done them, but yeah. I don't have unlimited money. So right. I, I sparingly with them. But if I did, that's what I would do. Yeah. They make it so easy. If you don't have that, which I'm guessing most people probably won't do that. I still, I'd say if you like, if say I eat out, I eat a burger out versus I cook a burger at home and it's the same burger. Mm-hmm. My burger at home is probably going to be way better. First of all, it depends what meat you're buying, but just the amount of oil, salt that mm-hmm. restaurants cook with is insane. Making your food at home, and I know, again, that's a little time consuming, but if you can make, and I know we talked about meal prepping is not the most fun, but if you can make a pound of ground beef, it's really easy, first of all, to make. You just put it on a skillet and cook it and season it with whatever you want. And then you have a pound of ground beef. It can last you, depends on how much you eat. Same thing with chicken, whatever meat. you. So a lean protein would be the base of almost every meal it's more satiating so if you're trying to lose weight if you're eating a good amount of protein you're going to feel more full obviously if i eat 300 calories of lean ground beef versus if i eat 300 calories of cereal i'm going to feel way more full from the ground beef right so trying to eat whole foods another like pairing that with a good carb so some type of potato or rice something like that and then i'm not a i need to take my own advice but i'm not a good at eating vegetables i don't love vegetables if you can eat vegetables that would be huge again it's going to satiate you for a low amount of calories Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a lot of fiber which helps you feel fuller too um one thing that always helped me was it alive in the last 30 days yeah and that was my general rule and that always pretty worked pretty well this processed turkey and this bread (laughs) Okay, maybe they were alive 30 days, but they will still be alive in 30 days, right? Versus yeah. a vegetable or it's gonna go back. a ground beef or a chicken that you can leave in the fridge for three days, right? Yeah. It's more perishable. It's, I, I think there has to be pain somewhere, right? For like, sure. And this is the argument that I had with myself and my friend. It's no, that workout wasn't fun, Yeah. but that's why you have to do it. It's not supposed to be fun. If it, it, It's fun staying at home. Yeah. Or it's not fun taking an hour of your Sunday where you want to lay on the couch to do meal prep. Mm. There has to be pain yeah. for there to be some sort of gain. For like, sure. And there's some good, I've seen some stuff about, there's different types of hard. So like, Living, say it's a trade-off like you talked about. You sacrifice and you eat healthy and you work out and do all this stuff. Later down the road in your life, you're going to enjoy life. You're going to feel good. You're going to have, and we talked about some of the expenses, like personal training, a gym membership, food, all this stuff does cost money. You think about though, investing in your own health and yourself down the road will save you money. And you can't really put a price on feeling and good, enjoying life. Increased productivity at work. Yeah. Increased... I don't want to say productivity as a parent or spouse, right? There's that part of it. There's also the savings. I don't get sick as much when I work out. Mm -hmm. I don't have colds. You save money on cold medicine. And then let alone strokes later in life or like I'm on a path towards as somebody who's the breadwinner in my household who talks for a living, I can't afford a stroke. Yeah. But I have to do something now before I get to that point in five years, 20 years, 50 years, hopefully never, right? I don't know. So it's 
strokes, heart attacks, the kidney replacements mm-hmm. for if you're diabetic. Just think of the cost of all that stuff and oh the time God. and the diminishing of life that you have starting in your 50s. Yeah. I know everybody's living to their 80s now, but what's that 30 year, the last 30 years look like? Are you like Geraldo? I don't know if you know who Geraldo is. The TV news guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So he, the mustache? <laughs> yeah. He's 80. Go look up a video of Geraldo in the last, he's climbing mountains and versus like your, some of our 80 year old grandparents who are just Joe Biden yeah. versus Donald Trump. <laughs> look at the virility of Donald Trump and the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to get political. Here. There's some stuff going on with each of these two. But yeah, Joe Biden at 81 or whatever still is president flying around the world. He's active versus maybe some of our 80-year-old family members who are bedridden or yeah. wheelchair-ridden or, or in rough shape can help prevent dementia. Yeah. So yeah, there's all these reasons where I'm constantly like beating myself up going, you have to do this. You mm-hmm. have to get yourself in gear. Mm-hmm. You have to be more accountable. Um, because you your time is running out. Yeah, it's when you're 25 you don't think about that stuff, but yeah. when you're 40 and you've got a family and you've got to earn money and you do start to think about that stuff. And then there's the added like vanity of it of going to these networking events recently and being on television and being on a podcast. And I know I'm going to edit this video and see my posture and my belly and just hate the way I look. Like to me, that's always secondary, but I, I do think there's like a legitimate cost to being fat in your career mm, mm. that when I go to these networking events, like I went to yesterday morning and you look around and I'm like looking at everybody's dress because I'm not a good dresser mm-hmm. and I work, I can wear this gym shorts and a t-shirt most yeah. days. So I don't really have good clothes. So I need to buy some new clothes. So I'm like looking at what everybody's wearing, all these professionals who run companies and it's not that my clothes are really that much different from theirs. Mm. It's that I am 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. And their fit is different than the way it fits me. Yeah. And that's why I look like a schlubby mess and they don't. What cost does that have to, to a career? So I just think of about all these different trade-offs that mm. it costs you money because people don't trust you as much if you walk in and you are physically out of control. Mm. Like, I would put myself borderline physically out of control in terms of my weight, <laughs> right? And then you can always go, at least I'm not on my 600-pound life. I'm yeah. on BET and not TLC. True. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you're not where you know you can be. Yeah. So diet, so we're, like, I, I think I'm on a different path. Like, I worked out recently with somebody who's at the beginning, and the workout was much different for the two of us. So, like, I've got years into starting and knowledge and stuff but if somebody were listening and they're in that same position they know they need to get started where do they start Mm -hmm. like other than and sean's not getting paid to do this he's doing this to promote blockhouse fitness Mm -hmm. and his online training and just because we're friends and it mutually helps both of us content and advertising so i would say contact sean where are people supposed to start if they just have they're 40 and they've not worked out since they were in high school football yeah yeah again i'm gonna say the time what i would ask is a general time constraint they want to spend in the gym but a general recommendation like that i would shoot for that would get you say this i'll I'll add it up to three hours out of the week okay if you can commit three hours a week what i would do is three 30 minute cardio sessions. Meaning what? So Give I, some would, examples. I would do, I would start, especially just starting. Chris talked about HIT, which is high intensity interval training. So that's pretty intense. So I would step back. I would do LIS, which is low intensity, steady state cardio. What that would be is say, I could have done this whole podcast on a treadmill, like walking. Mm-hmm. So a moderate activity level where I'm able to hold a conversation, but my heart rate will be elevated a little bit. Right. For a beginner, that's where I would start. And I would choose, people will ask like what the best form of cardio is. There really, in my opinion, isn't. So we both have Apple Watches. Yes. Is it getting your heart rate for 30 minutes to 120 to 130? Or is it getting it to 140? What is that? What kind of targets would you generally say? And this, again, depends on, like, your age and everything. 
I would say it. De- so it depends. A lot of my answers will be it depends, sure. and then I'll go a little deeper. But I would say like any. Yeah, I wouldn't want to get it a above especially if you're doing cardio when we do when we talk about hit high intensity cardio it's shorter periods if i'm saying a 30 minute period i'd want to be like maybe yeah 120 to 130 not super elevated i think when we talk about longevity you look at some other countries who have really good longevity and this is another little tip this is neat so non-exercise activity can't remember what the T stands for, but stuff you can do outside of the gym, just mm-hmm. trying to be active throughout the day. When you look at other countries with high longevity, usually it's like people who are like shepherds and do manual labor. So right. they're active throughout their lifestyle, not just the gym. It's like my friend who moved from suburban Florida to D- downtown DC and she lost 30 pounds yeah. in three months because she's walking everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So if you can sneak like a little bit of that into your day, that's another little tip. But yeah, so I would start the three 30 minute low intensity steady state cardio sessions heartbeat somewhere 120 to 140 you can look up like suggested heart rate target and it will give you like for male female and then your age group you can go down and it'll tell you where they would want you to target for your heart rate zone so something like that but yeah i'd say like 120 to 130 maybe up to 140 yeah and then so whatever cardio that could be an elliptical chris i know you like rower yeah something like a rower a stairmaster I would never do myself, but you can if you like them. A bike, any cardio that, and I would pick one that you enjoy. One thing that like orange, what I've noticed at Orange Theory is the set it at three and a half, mm. and then adjust the incline. And so my heart rate completely adjusts based on the incline that I'm walking. Yeah. So if it's at zero, my heart rate is at one twenty five. Yeah. If I put it at six, my heart rate is at one forty. Yeah. If I put it at ten, my heart rate's at one seventy, right? It's that dialed in if you just keep your speeds that mm. certain way and you're walking on the treadmill, but you adjust the incline for periods of time, then that that is one thing that I don't mind doing. Yeah. Like I'll bring the iPad and I'll watch some YouTube videos and yeah. try to keep my brain engaged while I'm doing a treadmill because, and I don't mind rower. It's just, it's just the same thing. It's And you can't watch really on the rower. You can't. You're staring at TLC <laughs> yeah. that you can't hear or CNN or uh-huh. Big Ten Network or whatever. But yeah, that's one thing for me that that hack that I've had the last couple months is like I need to get in there and turn on the iPad. So I'm like... Because to me, time is so precious and I have to be efficient. Yeah. So for me, going to the gym and just sitting on a treadmill for 30 minutes feels like death because it's not efficient. Yeah. I'm not using that time to work on one of my projects. Yeah. Or I'm not available to respond to things. So Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest struggle that I have with consistency is just... I have to hack it to feel like that time's valuable because I don't feel like that time spent on myself is valuable. Right? Yeah. That's just the psychology of it. It's the codependency that I, I was born with. It's mm-hmm. just it's a self-worth thing, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that is at the core of so much resistance for people, mm. whether it's resistance starting a YouTube channel, resistance writing a book, resistance telling your kid you love them, resist, it's, it's a self-worth issue. Mm-hmm. So I think if I can hack it a little bit to make it like, all right, I have this YouTube video or these things that I've got to watch for work or a podcast as research, then I can hack it so it's it feels efficient. Yeah. yeah. And then set the treadmill at three and a half, at, start at zero, put it at four for three minutes, lower it down, take a break, put it at 10 for two minutes, mm-hmm. put it... That, that's what has worked for me in keeping my mind engaged mm-hmm. to make it feel like it's worth the time. I'm just transitioning the work from home to the gym and then back. Right? Yeah. Because cardio is not fun. Cardio is like boring. Yeah. At least with lifting weights, you've got that kind of like mental game of... The adrenaline's right, going. Yeah. Can I do one more? Yeah. Yeah. Cardio. And I think that's why some of those classes like Orange Theory F45 are popular because it makes cardio a little more enjoyable. Yeah. But that's a really good tip. If you have a favorite podcast, if you, especially since we're talking here, low intensity cardio, yeah. you're able to 
go at a lower pace and say you have like work emails you have to knock out right. depends on what job you have or if you just have some downtime you can pick a video watch a 30 minute episode of netflix we're lucky to live in where like where we live now but you can make cardio enjoyable the treadmills at our gym literally have youtube and solitaire on them so it's, <laughs> i always see people playing games we're spoiled now so that helps get that like mindlessness when you're just walking on a treadmill uh, another confession i have a walking pad in my office that okay. i don't use yeah. right because my friend caitlin what she does she works from home and she walks on the treadmill on this walking pad that's 200 bucks that you slide on your it's like a treadmill without handles mm-hmm. and so you can just like she puts it on two and a half or three and gets in an hour of walking a day yeah. while she's doing her work at a, at a stand-up desk yeah that's almost like i said i think and and this is one thing we've touched on trying to because we talked about how big of a time like constraint time can be so like trying to do these little hacks where you can make it in your day build it in your day something like that something like you working while you do it like that kind of helps your mental side too that like you said it's not time wasted even though it won't be time wasted if you're just doing cardio but you're really killing two birds with one stone that's a good idea so if you don't know what you're doing you've got a paper with my workouts that we went through that you can give to me that i can do Mm -hmm. excuse me but you walk in the gym for the first time and there's everybody knows bench press yeah squats i think are intimidating yeah no one wants to do deadlifts right (laughs) there's dumbbells there's these nautilus machines there's racks Mm -hmm. and people standing under them that know what they're doing it can be very intimidating yeah so what advice do you give to a beginner who walks into a gym in that situation and feels overwhelmed? Yeah. Other than hiring Sean. <laughs> yeah. Hire a personal trainer. Right. Yeah. Um, you're right. So what I would do, again, if we're going with this beginner, you're doing, say you start with, you have the cardio down. The other part of that would be the lifting. So what I would recommend, say you start, I would do shoot for three days a week and I just do 30 minutes again, try for 30 minutes. What I would recommend, so when you work out, you can split, you can do what's called splits. So you could do like a chest and triceps day, a back and biceps day. For a beginner, I would not start there. I'd start, and a lot of what we did was full body workout. So I would start with a full body workout and I'll break it down. And this is what I do if I have a demo with someone. So the first time I'm ever like meeting with someone, these are the four movements I'll have them do. It's a good like full body workout only four exercises and what i would do is two to three sets of each so when do when building a routine let's make it simple i would say we'll pick four exercises we'll do three sets okay and then i'd say anywhere from like six to ten reps each set so i'd start with that as our basic outline i would start with some type of squat and when i say squat though you can do uh, like you said a barbell back squat is a complex move Mm -hmm. um that you might not want to do as a beginner what I would sub that for is a leg press. So a leg mm-hmm. press machine. So this is a, a little tip. I'd say for beginners, there is no like, um, I use machines more now Interesting. than I have my whole career of lifting. I call it a career, but I use machines a lot. So machines are super nice too for beginners because they're super stable. And the path, say I'm doing like a row, which is taking something from here to here. If I'm on a machine row, that is literally all the machine is going to do. If I have a a barbell or a dumbbell, I'm trying to do a row, I can really mess up the form. Yeah. So I would honestly tell beginners to probably start with a lot of machine stuff. I think that would be a good tip. And it's a good way to first get into it with not really having to worry too much about form. So what I would do is a a leg press okay, of some sort, or a squat if you're more advanced. Yeah. That will get the front part of your legs. And then I do, an, a deadlift would be really nice for the back part of your legs. Again, that can be a little intimidating. So again, there's good machines. So something like a leg curl machine, which takes your legs like from this position and you're curling them backwards. Right. So that's going to get the hamstrings, the back part of your legs. And the squat and will get your glutes as well. So those two movements of legs is going to hit like your entire legs. So we'll say those two for legs. Then if we go to your upper body, what I would do is you talked about a bench press. So some type of pressing movement, 
either a bench press, whether that be barbell, dumbbell, or like a seated machine chest press, or like a shoulder press, yeah, something like that for your upper body. That's going to hit your triceps as well and somewhat your shoulders. So chest, shoulders, and triceps really with one movement. And then for your back, I would do some type of row, so like a seated yeah. row, or some type of pull down. And that's going to hit your back and your biceps. So I think the theme, too, for some of these exercises I'm choosing for beginners is what's called compound lifts. So compound lifts is something that involves like multiple muscle groups, especially if you're just going three days a week for 30 minutes. It's not a huge amount of time. So you want the most bang for your buck. Compound lifts help you get that by hitting like multiple muscle groups at one time. Yeah. So beginners, that's a good one. Choose compound lifts, which are going to hit multiple muscle groups. Some of those I just mentioned. That right there, those four exercises would be a really good full body workout. If you're doing free weight stuff like barbell, squat, deadlift, you're going to work a lot of core. If you're doing more machine-based work, I would probably try to add in a little bit of core. But that's what I would recommend, a full body workout, four exercises, keeping it pretty simple, and just going, I'd say, three sets of each. Yeah. Any warnings that you'd give to people who are potentially going to get lost in Fitzbogram, right? Oh. <laughs> you can get lost with the butts all day, but or going on YouTube. And I think there it all is really helpful where all those exercises you just explained, you can go find somebody that can give you the mechanics of it. Yeah. But you can also get lost in I think this like really unhealthy body dysmorphia Mm. land where Mm. you're learning from people that are 22 that literally spend all day working out yeah and you're not making that progress or they have kooky ideas and when you're traveling online what kind of stuff would you watch out for yeah if you're new i think the biggest thing to keep in mind when you do that is that social media is very you see the highlights of everyone, right? When you see these pictures and videos, these people are like really good lighting. Maybe they've just worked out, so they have a pump, so their muscles look nice and full. So there's some tricks that go into social media. Again, nowadays too, in the fitness scene, there's a lot of people who use enhancements, not natural people. So there, you could take, you if you took- no, no, they're all natural. <laughs> what's his name? Michael Hearn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have to keep that in mind. These people, if you took steroids, if someone took steroids and there is so many side effects like stroke, increased risk of stroke, increased risk of cardiovascular, I'd never tell someone to do it, but- Small testicles. Yeah. Don't leave one. that up. Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest one. Yeah. That's Most the worst important. One. Yeah. Kid, uh, <laughs> kidneys be damned. I don't want big, small balls. But yeah, with, with some of that stuff, those people make progress just, they could literally do anything or nothing and they'd make more progress than you and I would ever make. Mm-hmm. That's one thing to keep in mind. I'd say if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. The like, maybe one of the most important things to understand is this is a very long journey. I'd say most of that like quick stuff that they're like, you're going to build a big chest in two months with this workout routine. You're probably not. It's going to take five years to build a good physique. And really, if you're doing this, especially for a lot of the reasons you're doing it, you have, this is a lifelong journey, like trading. And this is something like in today's society with social media, instant gratification is a very like big thing. So people like to see, oh, in a month I can get like super lean and have six pack. You can't like that's, it sounds too good to be true because it is. That's one thing I'd keep an eye out. If it sounds too good to be true, it is. The fitness industry now is so big in terms of money. Like people spend so much money on fitness and sadly, like some people take advantage of that and just are in it to make money. Yeah. So they're trying to quickly sell whatever they can. So like I said, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That's a good. And on social media, you're seeing people at their best in great lighting. Don't compare yourselves to, if you're just starting, don't compare yourself to someone who's been lifting for five years who they, they're a trainer, that's their entire life. You're your own person on your own journey. So I think that's important to remember. Yeah. The other thing before I ask for my homework is 
don't be intimidated to ask other people in the gym for help. What kind of, I am a very shy person in real life. Mm -hmm. I don't want to bother anybody. My MO is that I bother people, so I don't want to (laughs) bother anybody. But especially at Baxter YMCA, where I worked out initially and at the, and at LA Fitness in Southport, people would come up and go, hey, you're doing your form wrong. Mm -hmm. Like it became, Mm -hmm. it was like a gym culture. It's not as much as the why that I'm at now. If I walked up to somebody and said, hey, could you spot me? Or what did you think of this squat? Somebody mm-hmm. that looks like they know what they're doing. Are people generally okay with that? Are they okay with being tapped on the shoulder? Or What do you see when you yeah. are in the gym all day? Yeah, I think most people are. And I'd say too, don't like the people that work there. It's, I'm a personal trainer, but if someone asks me for advice, I will give it to them. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to give them a full workout plan. But if you tell me if your form looks good, I we get paid to do this. So it's what we do. And that's, you know, for me, I'd be thinking maybe that's a potential client. So you want to give them a good service. So sure. I'd say take advantage, too, of the gym employees that work there. And then I'd say most people, a little gym etiquette, like if they're in the middle of a set or something, don't take their earphone out and tell them, can you spot me? So wait till they get a little bit of a break. And, but yeah, I'd say I, from what I experience, almost everyone, I've never, I don't have many bad experiences in the gym. Most people are super friendly, even though in the gym, everyone in the zone, headphones in. The bigger the dude too, like Ronnie Coleman behind you, the bigger the dude, the more eager they are to help. Yeah. Even though they feel the most intimidated. Exactly. Yeah. They're the nicest dudes. Yeah. 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 So you don't, like you said, don't be afraid to ask. I know it's, it can be intimidating, but from my experience, like I've worked in a gym now over five years and like every almost everyone there is super super polite and i'd say like the only time like people either get hurt or like people who work at a gym might get annoyed with someone is if they like don't ask so then they're doing like you hurt yourself or like you're like i don't know what this machine is like when you don't ask questions that's when you might get in some trouble so i'd make sure to to utilize that ask as many questions as you can and that's how too you get like gym friends who keep you accountable. I think we haven't really touched on this, but a big part, and I see it with the senior community, like with the wise, the social side of it, of having people who know you go there. If you haven't been there in a week, they're like, where's yeah. Chris been? Um, so keeping you accountable. So making friends in the gym can go a long way more than just the form and, and that, but the accountability and then like building relationships even too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what's my homework for next month? What do I need to bring to the table here for us to discuss? Okay, so I'm going to, on on my fitness pal, this is a good tip too. You can add friends on there, okay? Okay. We can add each other. We'll be friends, okay? okay? And if you are wanting to start or do something, pick someone and just be like, can I do this together? That way you can keep each other accountable. Yeah, feel free to send me an email at chris at chrisbangle.com and sean and i can become friends if you don't mind yeah no that's a good idea so we'll be friends what i would do is just try to track your food as consistently as possible through this next three four weeks okay what are you currently doing in terms of exercise you're doing one one orange theory a week at least right now okay and if time allows i've been getting in to the gym like once extra but really the last two weeks for instance it's just one orange theory. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with shooting for two orange theory. Okay. And then two strength training sessions. So I only have one on my package. Okay. So oh, for so, orange theory. So orange theory. Yeah. Let's do one. I'm on orange. the po- I'm on the poor plan. <laughs> yeah. Let's do one orange theory, and then could you do three thirty minute? Yes. Strength training sessions. I'm gonna do what you tell me. Okay. To do. Let's do that's, it. That's part of this deal. Is <laughs> then you have to be mean to me, and the audience has to be mean to me if I don't. Okay. Because we'll have All the right. clip of you agreeing to. Yes. It. Okay. I, I agree to do whatever you tell me. To that's do. actually perfect. So the we because t- I just talked about three thirty minute cardio and three thirty minute strength training. Yeah. So you'll get a sixty minute orange theory, and then you'll have three. 30 minute strength training sessions. Okay. And we do those full body sessions. Um, I have some of your work. So just cardio orange theory. And then like, I'm sure I can do cardio. If yeah. I go work out at the gym, like walk on the treadmill yeah. or whatever. That's extra credit. Okay. <laughs> All right. But the goal is basically to go and do those three full body workouts for 30 minutes. Yeah. In addition. And I would add with most of our, with most of my clients, 
I do a five to 10 minute cardio warm up. Okay. You can throw that in. And that's a little cheat code. That's an easy way. Say you do five, that's 15 minutes, 15 to 30 minutes at the end of the week. If you do that before every workout yeah. of extra cardio. So just a little cardio warm up before you can throw that in. Okay. That it? Yes. That's so it. The, All right. the three things we'll go over them. Um, tracking food consistently in my fitness pal, the one orange theory class a week and the three 30 minute strength training um sessions a week okay so next week i've got to travel okay so what do I, i'm going to bowler wisconsin to a casino i'll be gone thursday friday okay so I'll ha- i can shift things around but we'll talk about travel sometimes when i actually travel yeah because we got to leave some things for to talk about other months or whatever yeah. but yeah if you've got questions for sean too please send those in because we're going to get together once a month track this stuff i'm going to ask sean to bring stuff if he wants to rant about I don't know what your what your fitness. I do love yeah. talking about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but if you've got questions, then please, it'll be just for entertainment purposes only. But we will be happy to entertain you with answers to any of your questions. Chris at chrisbangle dot com. Send me an email there. Sean, thanks so much. Give up shameless self promotion for your company. If people have listened to this and they go, you know what, I'm ready. Yeah. How do they get online training or personal training? How do they contact you? I am going to make sure I give you the right Instagram account. Yes, please. <laughs> and I'll make sure to put that in the show notes too so people can follow Sean and get involved there. The mo- Our most active social media, I'd say, is Instagram. Um, and that is just Blockhouse Fitness underscore Indie. So Blockhouse Fitness underscore Indie. And then we do have an email for that as well. So our email is just blockhousefitness at gmail.com. But if you message me on our Instagram or email, either one is the easiest way. Instagram, like I said, that's our most active. So there's a good amount of content, like stuff going over forum videos, like taking people through my workouts. So you can get a good idea of what I do, what might be good for you. So yeah. A couple of nice shirtless pics too. Yeah. There are some of that. And that's what I talk about. Like <laughs> this, if I took my shirt off right now, like it would <laughs> wow no one. But when it's on social media, it's going to look good. Yeah. So that is a trick. The social media game is real. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sean. Thanks so much. Cool. Thank you, man. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining us here on the Chris Spangle Show. Uh, let us know if you're getting involved. Send me an email and then join that Facebook group or whatever we decide and put in the show notes. We'd love for you to get involved. That's why we're doing it. Partially to shame me, partially to promote him, but mostly we're doing it in public uh, because I want you to get involved too because I know uh, a lot of you probably have hang-ups or reservations or resistance and let's do it together i think that'll be a lot easier if you do it that way with some online friends so thanks for joining us here on the chris spangle show